I'm going to recap just for a second. Uh, Proverbs 16, 16, how much better to get wisdom? This word wisdom is skillful wit, understanding with experience. So this, this is to get wisdom is better than gold. You know that that means it is the highest of value. When you go and get wisdom, you have wisdom that is better than anything that you could get monetarily. In fact, I would actually say that a lot of times, and kids don't do this nowadays, but if you go volunteer your time to know something, it's better than gold. It's better than anything they could pay you. Because if you're getting knowledge and wisdom, then you need to understand that they gave something of themselves. You know, a lot of times we can get wisdom from the Lord, but we can also go get wisdom from other people. You know, if you're just sitting around going, well, I know what I, I know myself. I, I'm good. No one needs to tell me anything. Well, guess what? You're not going to be very wise. Because I learn from people all the time that make less than me, that have, that have less than me, that do less than me. You know, I was at a minister's conference and I had a guy and he, he was, he was talking to me and he said, yeah, I'm going into, I'm going into the ministry and, and everything. And he just encouraged me. Well, I asked him, I said, well, you must be a big time minister and doing all this stuff. And he goes, nope. He goes, I hadn't even started Bible school. Well, you know, I've been through Bible school. I've got a, I got a small church and everything. Well, this guy, he's given me wisdom. I could have said, well, you know, unless you've got measuredly more people than I do, then I don't want to listen to you. You know, God gives wisdom to everybody. Each and every one of you, I can learn something from. You know, I do on a good, on a daily basis. I'm going to tell you what, Al back there, I learn from him all the time. He come built my deck. He told me things about my deck that I didn't know. You know, big boy was on the deck and there was no bracing. (laughs) Al not only gave me wisdom, but he saved my life at the same time. So I'm going to tell you, everybody has wisdom. But being able to use that wisdom, being able to impart that wisdom, being able to know things, that is what we need to understand about how we live our life is that we should be giving and getting wisdom. It says, and, it, and to get understanding, which is knowledge and meaning, is to, is to be chosen rather than silver. You know, I will tell you this. Whenever I go to get understanding about something, that doesn't mean that I have wisdom. That just means that maybe I somewhat understand how it works. You know, I don't understand how my, how my air conditioner like works completely. Like the air conditioner is back here. I have to go get somebody who knows all about it. I just understand how to work it. But see, that's the thing is that wisdom is something that is known. It's taught. It's learned. You get over time. If I wanted to be a good AC man, you know what I would do? I would go from just being able to flip switches back there to going and taking schooling and reading books and doing stuff like that. Eventually, I'd be able to work on it. See, wisdom gets you past your just basic knowledge and understanding. So for us to get understanding, it's to choose it rather than silver. This word wisdom in the Oxford Dictionary is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The quality of being wise. 
See, what I want you to understand is that when you get your wisdom, it's going to come from having these three things, experience, knowledge, and good judgment. You know, yesterday when I went to the ticket counter, I had experience because I've been here before. I've flown a lot for my job. So, you know, I had been in a situation just like this. I had knowledge. I knew exactly what was going on. But good judgment was where I was going to falter. And the Lord helped me out. And I used good judgment to talk to this guy like a normal human being and not tell him what I thought of his whole process. You know that, that wisdom will get you much further than just having knowledge. Because I can have arrogance. In fact, it says here in Proverbs 16, 18, it says pride. So this is only like two verses. It says two verses past 16, 16. It says in Proverbs 16, 18, it says pride, arrogance goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That means that I'm too good. Well, you don't tell me anything. I don't need to know anything about that. You know that this is where wisdom would be would be that I would use good judgment. You know, you go into you go into Walmart and you need to you need to go buy something, you need to return something, and you know, you get the cashier that's been there 16 hours because there's only one of them for the whole store, you know, and they've been dealing with, with people all day long, and you're the other person that gives them a bunch of lip. You know what you're gonna get? If you give them lip, you're not going to get very far. But you know, I've seen it where we can have a kind word and that we can bring peace. You know, peace is a part of wisdom. We need to understand how to bring peace to people. Amen. Amen. Everybody seems to be very, uh, I'm sorry, I'll get more animated here in a minute, okay? Well, I'll do some jumping jacks or something. We're, we're going to get this thing. All right, so... I'm going to jump down here to the bottom. It says, get rid of the I know spirit. How many people has had an I know spirit? I told everybody a story. There was this guy we hired on at the same time at Southern Link. And they were teaching us stuff. And he would go, I know, I know, I know. And he didn't know. He would go and he would mess up and they would come back and go, let me reteach you how to do this. They'd get five seconds into it and he'd go, oh, I know. You know, one of the things I, re I really believe is that if I told you something right now, if I told you how a computer worked, right, that you have CPUs and you have input and output and, and that, you know, you, you could actually virtualize OSs and put it onto other, um, you know, CPUs. I can give you a whole bunch of information. And then 15, 20 minutes later, I come back to you and go, how does that work? And you would go, well, I don't remember it all. And then I start talking again, and you will remember something. Right? Then you go, well, oh, I remember that part. Let me tell you what you told me. Well, you know, I think that's what happens in life is that we need to close our mouths. And we need to just let people explain something that we might have somewhat of an understanding about you know why because they may know more about it and it would cut off the flow of knowledge back to you you know i have people that work for me i've worked in the industry way way longer i do computer engineering i'm well 
I got moved over. I'm no longer a cybersecurity uh, engineering manager now. I now do the operation side of the house. You know that I'm going to walk around with my mouth shut for the next six months. Even though I might know something about it, I'm going to let people tell me over and over and over and over again what they do. You know why? Because I want to be wise. I want to not just know it. I want to experience it. And see, if I take away the ability for them to tell me over and over and over, then I lose the experience. God, I, I hope y'all get that. I hope you walk away with that today. Is that even though you may be the greatest whatever you do, when somebody's talking to you, get the experience. Get the relationship piece of it. See, sometimes people are telling you because they want the relationship. You need to have relationship with people. You need to let them tell you things that you already know. Because the moment you go, ah, I already know that, you just killed relationship as well. All right, I'll, I'll leave that alone. But that's something to take away today. So seek wise counsel, not the YouTube advice. All right, how many people you go to YouTube for the first thing you want to do? Everybody, I, I do it. But I'm not just getting YouTube advice. I, I'm going and, and trying to find people who've actually done it, right? Now, YouTube's really good. If I need to program this clicker, I did. I went to YouTube. I said, how do I, how do I use this clicker? Well, you know, the thing is, I don't need to go find advice from people. I can go do that. But if I'm needing to invest my money, I go to YouTube and I find out what are some of the questions that I might need to ask. Then I go find somebody who does it. Do you know that we need to do the exact same thing? We need to understand and have wise counsel, not just, well, I watched a 10-minute video. I should be an expert now. You're not. All right? Listen to wise counsel. This will take your time up. You need to be able to do what I said a minute ago. You need to be able to say, hey, I believe that I need something from you. Even though you might have understood everything they said, you might have understood it out there, you're allowing them to speak into your life. Allow that counsel to happen. Understand wise counsel. Don't be afraid to look stupid. You know, I tell my people all the time at work, I tell them that, you know, smart people ask stupid questions, but stupid people don't. Do you know that you need to be, you need to be able to ask a dumb question? How about this? How about there's probably other people when you ask it were going, I wanted to know that exact information. Sometimes you look smart because you ask the right question. All right. So we're going to get into this. So Solomon, how many people know, know Solomon? right? Solomon was the wisest king, right? And see, what we have to understand is that Solomon was a, was a king that he came after David, and David was hard to follow. David was the second king. You know, Saul was the king that basically went and messed everything up. David had to come and take, and take over for Saul, and he actually united the kingdom, you know that David, when he came along, the kingdom was all split up, but he decided that he was going to bring everybody together. 
So by the time Solomon came around, the kingdom was actually in really good shape. But Solomon, what he did was he said, Lord, I don't know how to do this. So he asked a question here in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3. And it says, And Solomon loved the Lord and walked in his statues of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burnt incense in the high place. Now the king went to uh, Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and uprightness of heart with you. Now I want you to understand what he just said. Now, David made some mistakes. How many people know that Solomon was a byproduct of a mistake? Right? Now, I'm going I'm to tell you, this is not Solomon going, David did it right, you know, because I'm here. No, he knew about his mistakes. Believe me, Absalom had already made it perfectly clear that there was a mistake that had happened. And that Solomon was not supposed to take over the kingdom. Made a huge riot in the cities. Went and completely destroyed everything that David had pretty much put together. And Solomon had to come in and fix it all. But see, this is what I want you to understand. Is that it didn't say that he had done upright and good in front of the people. He had done it in front of God. Every time God told told David to do something, David went and did it. How many, how many people know that, that I, can do the, I can do good stuff for my family, but some of y'all might not like me, right? You might work with me, you might have a thing and that, that, you know, I took your parking spot at Walmart. How about that? Oh, I just hate Dusty because he took my parking spot at Walmart. Well, you know, the thing is, is that my family would come along and go, Dusty did it upright and good for me and did upright and good for God. But you may go and say, well, because Dusty took my, my parking spot at Walmart, I think he should go to hell. Well, you know, this is the thing that I want you to understand is that in God's eyes, David was an upright man. In the people's eyes, there was some people that weren't real happy with David all the time. You know, that's going to be the same thing in the world. That when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's going to be people that's going to go, well, I remember the old Jason. I remember the old Brock. I remember the old Dusty. You know, they were good for nothings. But you know what? Because of Jesus, I have been brought into righteousness with God. That means that I am standing in right standing with God. You know that when that happens... A lot of times your past is going to be brought up. See, Solomon was going to let his dad's past not be brought up. He was going to say, he was upright with you, Lord, and I want to walk upright with you as well. And it says here in verse 6, and it says, Solomon said, You've shown great mercy to my servant uh, David, my father, because he walked with you in truth in righteousness and uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. Now the Lord, verse 7, it says, Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my 
Father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go in and come out. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered and counted. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between what is good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? So I want you to understand something really quick before I move on, okay? What did Adam and Eve fall because of it? You know, we've talked about this in the past few weeks, but I know we've got, some, we've got some visitors here. So Adam and Eve fell because they ate of the tree of the knowledge of what? Good and evil. Do you know that God is judging people based upon his good and evil? Do you know that, that Solomon himself saw that there was a good and it was God and there was an evil and it came against God's good. See, that was the whole thing that happened with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve actually lived in the goodness. I mean, when there's only one bad thing that you can do, everything else is good, right? So if I told you don't touch that chair, guess what? Everybody in here just said, I want to touch that chair. Good Lord, that chair's become... I bet that's the nicest chair that we've got in here. Who wants to sit in the chair? See, that was the whole problem is that when everything's good except for one thing and God says, hey, that's evil, then the sin of their heart was that they quit believing that God knew best for them. They quit believing that God said that that was good or that was evil. And see, Solomon said, hey, God, I love you. I want to know what your goodness is and not what evil is. You know, this was so much prevalent because what happened was is that, is that when kings were the, the judges, then guess what happened? They had to make judgment for everybody. If there was 5 million people that lived in Israel, 5 million people came to King Solomon. How would you like that job? Anybody? Anybody want to be the judge for 5 million people? No. Most of the time, you're just going to be like the judges we have nowadays. to be like, uh, pay a fine, pay a fine, pay a fine. But see, that was the whole thing was Solomon said, I don't want to just be a judge. I want to be the best judge. I want to see the best things happen for this people. And then in verse 10, it says, the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked these things. And God said unto him, because you've asked these things, I have, uh, I have not, and you've not asked for long life for yourself, nor have you asked for riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your, uh, of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself to have understanding to discern justice. It means that you want to understand what is actually good God and all the evil. You know that when we start trying to understand what wisdom is, wisdom is trying to get through the, the good and the evil parts. Do you know that it sounds good for, some to, for somebody to say, well, let's, you know, let's feed the world. Okay, that's great. Let's have a living wage, okay? 
You know, it's, it's kind of funny because if you paid everybody a million bucks, let's just say the government right now wrote a check for everybody to have a million dollars. Everybody want that? Anybody not want that? Y'all are pretty smart people. I, most people would be like, yes, I want a million dollars. Let the government come and get, you know, give it to me. Well, you know that the moment the government gives you a million bucks, everybody has a million dollars, you just derated that million bucks. See, worth means that there is something that, that is backing that. <clears throat> so now if a million dollars is, is the equivalent of a dollar, then you're going to have to go take seven or eight or nine million dollars to go buy bread. You know, that was what was happening in places like, um, you know, in South America, Venezuela. They would take actual, um, you know, just buckets and buckets of money and try to buy one loaf of bread. You know why? Because they devalued their money. Well, wisdom tells you that. Wisdom says, hey, there is a value to everything that we have. Do you know that if you value something, then you will protect it? You'll protect it. So I want us to protect our economy. I think it's a great thing. How many people want to live a good life? I hope everybody does. Some of y'all don't. That's, that's okay. That's fine. But see, this is what I want you to understand is that... Is that you're sitting there going, Dusty, I don't know if I understand your question. Well, guess what? In life, there are going to be things that you're going to need to value. And when somebody comes along and says, but wouldn't it be so much better for all the poor people if we just fed everybody? Well, yeah, it's, it sounds good. But wisdom is going to say that a man that doesn't work doesn't eat. Do you know why God put that in there? It's because everybody would go home and just go, just feed me. Now, how many people want that? I don't know. I mean, to me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that a welfare system or a, a, a socialistic system doesn't have some merits. But what I'm saying is, is that in wisdom, there's a line. There's a, a balancing act. What is good and what is evil? You can move two two inches to one side or two inches to the other side and you get into you get into evil because you can devalue our dollar you can devalue the things that are happening in our in our society but also if you didn't do it then people would go hungry and they would die see god's wisdom just like what solomon was asking for was to say what's too much what's not enough lord in fact, it says um, in verse 13, it says, And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall be more like, I'm sorry, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways, in verse 14, it says, To keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. You know, Solomon was known as the number one wisdom king ever. He, the, he, he was known for his wisdom in the Bible. He was known for it in Ethiopia. You can actually go to places in Ethiopia where, 
where they have Solomon's name everywhere. Just go on YouTube, you know, and you can go find all these places. See, the thing is, is that his name is renowned. It's even renowned among Muslims. It's, it's known all over the world. Do you know that this is one of the reasons why I believe that Solomon, you know, that Solomon was so wise and he had so many things that was going for him that he also got tired of his wisdom. He got tired of the things that were going on in his life. And he wrote several books about his life. In fact, if you go and read Proverbs, everybody knows Proverbs, right? There's 31 books in it. I always tell everybody, if you're going to read your Bible every single day, read a proverb. there's, There's one for every day. So that is like wisdom for life. Ecclesiastes is the fall, the rise, fall, and redemption of man. Do you know that Solomon rose... He fell and then he redeemed himself again. And he writes about it in Ecclesiastes. You can see how Solomon lived his life. The Song of Solomon, just prepare for a whole lot of, you know, you know, her teeth were like the, the ivory towers and her nose was like the hooked crook of a, of a, of a tower. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of things in there, but he loved... He, he had a love, right? And he was, he was wanting to write about it. But there's a lot of good things in the Song of Solomon. There's a lot of good things in these books because he put his wisdom. Do you know that Solomon lived such a, such a wise life and then he did some unwise things that he wrote about all of them? You know, a, a king would have probably written the story the way he wanted it to be. But Solomon wrote it so that we would know what it was to actually have wisdom and to lose it and then to regain it again. All right, Proverbs 18, 20 through 24, it says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruits of his mouth, and it shall produce of his lips, and he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. I want you to understand something, is that wisdom will tell you that what you say matters. I can even find this in the world. Right now, you can go to Jim Carrey. You can go watch Jim Carrey online. Uh, How many people know him from like Dumb and Dumber and all that kind of stuff, right? Do you know that he used to write checks to himself for 20 million bucks before he made $20 million? He used to say every single day, I'm going to make $20 million doing movies. Now, this was the reason why he did this, is because he took this exact scripture. Now, I'm going to tell you, Jim Carrey, universalist, he's kind of weirdo. But I'm going to, I know without a shadow of a doubt, he saw these types of scriptures and he said, I believe that whatsoever things that I say when I believe them, Mark 11, 23, 24, that they're going to come to pass. You know, I know people, um, this, these are, <laughs> how many people has taken a, a, a course like a, a self-help course or read a self-help book? Anybody? Okay. Self-help books, it is written based upon this. You know, that they'll just tell you, keep saying it until it happens. You know, keep faking it until you make it. How many people have tried to fake it till you make it? 
Well, you know, that there's, there's something to being positive. But see, there's another piece of this that most people don't understand. Is that I can have all the positivity in the world. I can tell everybody, oh, I'm going to make it. It's going to be good. But do you know that there are other aspects of having wisdom that we don't need, that we don't need to negate? In fact, it says here in verse 22, this one right here, I need all the ladies that are married to say amen after this one. Verse 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you found a wife, you found a good thing. Do you know that this is the, this is the thing I want you to understand is that just having words doesn't matter. Having relationships do. In fact, it even says here in verse 23, it says, The poor man uses entreaties. He prays. Poor men pray all the time. They probably pray more than rich men. You know why? Because the rich are rich. They can pay for anything. You know, it says in in verse uh, 23, it says, A poor man uses entreaties, but the rich man he answers roughly. It means he can say, ah, I've got it. I got more money than I got sense. If something happens to me, I'll just pay for it. Well, you know, the thing is, is that both a rich man, he can buy whatever he wants, but the poor man, he needs people. A poor man needs people. See, that's one of the reasons why Jesus says, I came to save those who were lost. I came to save those that were in need. Those people say, I don't need anything. I'm too rich. He says, hey, you can come over here, but you need to understand that your riches are not going to get you anywhere. He even tells us in Matthew, he said that it's it's easier to get a camel through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into heaven. You know why? Because a rich man's got everything. Everything. The poor man, he's like, he's like, hey, I'm looking for something. Lord, show me. In fact, it says in verse 24, a man who has a friend must find himself friendly. How many people's got friends but you're a jerk? Anybody? Oh, Brock. Yeah, okay. All right. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You know, I've heard people use this one and talk about Jesus, and that's true. Jesus is a friend that is closer than a brother. But I will tell you this. If, you, if you're married, you have a spouse, you can find somebody that you can connect to. If you've got a friend, you can find somebody to connect to. You've got somebody that you can talk to, that you can have wisdom with, that you can get knowledge and understanding. See, God is trying to show you through wisdom here that we don't just speak, oh, it's going to be good. What we do is we go and we have relationship too. You need to find people that's just like what it says in Matthew where it says that if any two shall agree on earth, it shall be done for them as it is in heaven. See, this is a consistent, constant thing that's going on in the Word of God is that we constantly need people to believe with. You know, when I I had ADD and dyslexia when I was in high school, I've told everybody this. You know that when I got a hold of, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. You know, I had Heather 
and I had Reba and Charlie, and I had my parents, and I had all these different people that when I started saying, I want to become a computer engineer, I know I didn't graduate from high school, I know I don't have any standing, but do you know that, that they were the ones saying, go do it. Go do it. Keep putting in. You know, I had other people that said, eh, give up. I had some folks, some teachers in high school, they were great teachers, that used to say, yeah, well, you know, not everybody can be a computer engineer. Well, you know, after I got a hold of I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me, I went from a GED to a master's degree in computer engineering in 11 years. Do you know that in 11 years, I had a lot of opportunities to give up. And I had my friend that was closer than a brother, Heather, go, no, you're not. You know, because we had kids. We had a lot of life going on. I was working full time. And you know what? She would say, you can do this. You know that wisdom needs help. In order for you to get help, you've got to have people who are around you that are going to speak into you. I'm not going to ask for any hands, but I hope and I pray that you have people that will speak goodness into your life. Because if you don't have somebody that's speaking goodness into your life and that's telling you, yes, you can, that's helping you to find the scriptures. You know, Heather, every single time she would give me a scripture and I didn't want to see the scripture. I was like, I don't want to see that scripture. And she would come to me and she'd go, you know that you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you, right? And I go, I don't want to do it today. But she wouldn't let me forget it. See, being closer than a brother means that you have a connection to someone that you can go and tell everything to and that they will put into you when you don't want to be put into. Amen? Amen. Amen. What you say has power. I got the power. And then, you know what? If you've got, if you truly believe this, that whatsoever things that you say, that they're going to come to pass, you'll just keep speaking it. You'll keep doing it. Right? You keep speaking it, you keep doing it. See, these things are not just here in the Bible just to go, well, I had something to speak about this morning, guys. I didn't know anything else. I just turned over here to Proverbs. No, no, this is truth and this is life. And if you apply this to your life, then you're going to do it. And if you don't, you won't. Sorry. I, I, I can't make you. God can't make you. He gave you a free will. But if you do say it, then you do have power. You just need to believe it. Go find those friends that help put into you. All right. This is going to be the last one right here. So, Ecclesiastes, I want to show you where we can get, where we can go wrong. And this is going to take me just a minute, but I want you to understand something, is that the wisest man that has ever lived, Solomon, he was wise and then he fell. And we need to understand why he fell. Ecclesiastes is the rise, fall, and redemption of man especially Solomon. 
Ecclesiastes 1.17. And it says, I've set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that, that there is also is grasping of the wind. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Wow, that was uplifting. See, what, what he's basically saying is that because he, he was wise, he realized that he didn't get to do all the things that everybody else got to do. How many people, how many people have known that, that there's been plenty of times in your life where somebody said, hey, I want to go do this, and it's a friend of yours, and you had to go, no, I, I'm not going to go do it. I'm glad there was some hands. <laughs> I, I'm just... I'm just telling you that sometimes wisdom is going to tell you you can't go do everything that everybody else was doing. You know, it's just like this. If, you know, I went, we went to Texas, you know, Charlie didn't eat what I ate. Now, I probably should have ate what Charlie ate most of the time. But, you know, the thing is, is that not everybody needs to do the same exact things, right? We all need to, to eat different things because of our diet or because of our health or because of whatever is going on. You know, I will tell you that in my own life, there are plenty of times where I've had to say no and it looked like it was going to be a lot of fun. Do you know that, that Solomon got tired of saying no? You know, and one of the things is that he who increases knowledge increases sorrow it's because the more and more that we increase in our knowledge about something, the more and more that we have to go, I've got to distance myself from certain things. I've got to distance myself from certain people. You know, it's okay to say, I love them a lot, but they're not good for me. You know, Solomon was married, but he had like 700 concubines. You know that I don't even know how the man was able to get, I mean, out of the house. I mean, my wife tries to redress me. If I had four and five and six wives plus 700 concubines, I, that, that she would basically, they would all grab me. I would be dead by the end of the day. You know, Solomon started realizing, hey, I can't have everything because everything is not good for me. You know, God actually talked to Solomon multiple times and said, watch out for all the idols. He was marrying women and bringing women in from different belief systems. You know, there's a term called don't be unequally yoked. You know what? You know, before you get married, this is some of the things I want you to understand because I know most of y'all are going to get married, right? So if you're going to go get married, then you don't want to be unequally yoked. You need to talk about you need to talk about how many kids you want. You need to talk about when you want to get married. But you also need to talk about where do you want to live. Wow, that's a big one. Because what if you were like, well, I'm a mama's boy. My mama lives here. Well, I want to live in Ohio. Why would anybody want to live in Ohio? But anyway, I want to live in Ohio. Well, the thing is, is that you need to know that before you get married. How about this? How about, well, do, are you a Christian? Well, yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, what do you believe about Christianity? What are the things that you want to that that you want to do? Hey, I'm you know when I met Heather, she was she was Pentecostal. That's the closest thing I could come to is word of faith, 
But for y'all that don't know what word of faith is, she believed in tongues and, you know, believed in the power of the Holy Spirit and, you know, healing and all this other stuff. I was a Baptist boy. I had a lot of understanding that I had to, to get in before we got married. You know that I started experiencing the Lord and started having, having things that, that happened that I went, now I believe that. But we were unequally yoked when I first met her. Completely and totally unequally yoked. It means that when it comes to spiritual things, she was going to go one way and I was going to go the other. So you need to go and talk to people about what you believe about that. Hey, about jobs. So what if you wanted to become a nurse and, and he wanted to become, you know, like when we first got married, she was like, hey, I want to become a nurse. And I was like, hey, that's great. It's a lot of money. And then she wanted to become a teacher. <laughs> anyway, I digress. The, the thing is, is that there were, there were things that we had to grow and understand about each other. We had to become equally yoked together. See, sometimes if we don't take the time to know the things about each other, then what we do is we continually, we get into a mess. Well, then you may go, well, Dusty, what if I've already gotten myself in a mess? Well, then you got to go set new boundaries. you got to go and find those areas. And, you know, that's one of the things Solomon did. Solomon started cutting things out of his life so that he could come up with with the redemption of man, Ecclesiastes 9 and Ecclesiastes 11. And it says in, in Ecclesiastes 9, 16, it says, Then I say, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. Words of the wise spoken quietly should be uh, heard rather than the shouts of rulers of fools. Wow. We've got tons of fools that are speaking and we've given them platforms called Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Fools are speaking loudly right now. And it says in verse 18, it says, Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Man, that's good stuff right there. Ecclesiastes 11.9, it says, Rejoice, O man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that these things that God will bring you into judgment. That means that he's going to, he's going to have times where he's going to test you. You know, you get tested every single day, but when God tests you, he gives you a way out. He teaches you something. You know, a lot of people go, well, why does God test us? Well, do you know an opportunity is a test? I'm going to say it again. An opportunity is a test. How many people have applied for a job in the last couple of years? Anybody? Okay. Well, do you consider that to be a test? Yes. They're testing you. They want to know what kind of character you have. They want to know where you're going. They want to know what you're thinking. Do you know that that is an opportunity at the same time? See, judgment is nothing more than it's an opportunity. You get to make a decision. You get to say the right things or the wrong things. 
See, God's wanting you to have wisdom to be able to say the right things for the right reasons when they need to happen. See, your test is nothing more than the ability for you to overcome and an opportunity. God is trying to show us how to get to those next places. And it says here in verse 10, it says, Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh, for your childhood and youth are vanity. You know, there's a, there's a time that I had, you know, a couple of years ago where I was struggling about what was I going to do next? Where was I going to go? You know, the Lord kept telling me that I needed to take time to understand where I came from. You know, and so I did. I went back and I thought about my childhood and I thought about everything that I'd done in my life. You know, the thing the Lord told me to do is to find those times where he intervened. You know, there's plenty of times in my life where God intervened and he showed me things. And I had the opportunity to say yes or no to him. You know, I went started going to church when I was 18 years old. Like, really going to church on an on a ongoing basis. Do you know that that really built my most holy faith? I started being taught things that I'd never seen or heard before. You know, that was an opportunity. It was a judgment. I had, to, I had to go through and start taking time to do that. You know, I started reading my word more. That was an opportunity. And then it wasn't just let me read this really quick and let me get it over with. But sometimes I would read just one verse and it would be like, ah, oh, that verse, I need to understand more about it. So I would go study it. You know, sometimes it would be days before I moved to another verse. You know, there's a reason why we live life and we're not just given life. See, given life is like a prison cell. It means that I'd, I would just, you know, they would just feed me and they would just clothe me and they would just clean me and they would just do all this stuff. But see, God wants you to live life in freedom. You're, you're free to mess up. Well, that's scary sometimes. How many people know that it's pretty scary for you to have to make the, the decision? Oh, absolutely. Well, guess what? God's saying, hey, I can help you make the decision. So it's less scary. But that means that you're going to have to know more about my ways. You're going to have to spend time and understand my dealings and how I do things. And you're going to have to pray and believe and, and start seeing your, your life the way that it is. That I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. That you supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. You know, you start taking the, the scriptures and you start applying them to your life. And you start going, I know which way to go. It's just like in Psalms 37, 4, it says that he will give you the desires of your heart. And that he will bring them to pass in, in verse uh, in 37.5. Do you know that we need to understand everything that God is putting in our hearts and in our lives. That we need to walk that out. There are things that you're going to have to understand. And you need to spend time on them. See, we live in a fast food society. I can go to YouTube right now and I can figure out how to do everything. Well, guess what? Matters of life doesn't work that way. 
You don't just go on YouTube and it tells you, well, you know, in order to have a good marriage, you need to do this and this and this every 15 minutes. See, that's a prison cell. I'm telling you, the way that we're living our lives right now, by everybody going out and trying to find everything really quick and I don't apply any experience to it, it's a prison cell. Eventually, people get to the point to where they don't actually know anything about how to live life. All they know is a bunch of stuff that they can't apply. It's happening all the time. I see it every single day. I go to work and I find all these young people and they're running around and they think they know everything. And the reason why they think that is because, well, I watched a YouTube video. They... They don't understand how to live it. They can't apply it. See, that's what I want you to understand is that if we live our lives without wisdom, if all we do is just take the knowledge piece, or we might experience a little something over here, but we don't have good judgment, if we don't have those three things put together, then guess what's going to happen? We will never, ever ever apply this and live and walk in it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Is there anybody in here that has not accepted Jesus Christ? I want to give everybody that opportunity right now. If you haven't, please put your hand up. I'll, I'll pray with you. Amen. Amen. Father, I just pray over each and every person as as they go, I, I pray in Jesus' name that you are just bringing wisdom to them. That you're bringing people that they need. That, Father, whether or not they know it, you're bringing people that can show them how to live certain areas in their life. That have the experience and the wisdom and, or, and have this uh, good thoughts and attitudes that is not just positivity, but, Father, that is helping them to actually connect it. They're using good judgment, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that good judgment is being used by all. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that as they go into their week, I pray that there is a, there's opportunities for them to be able to give wisdom and good judgment to others. I pray, dear Lord, that they're building networks of people that they can be around, that they feed off of and that they feed. And Father, I just pray over them as they go this week that you just let them know how much you love them. And in Jesus' name, that they are going to be blessed in everything that they do and all their deeds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. I'm going to be up front. If you need prayer for anything, y'all have a great week.